0: Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. I want you to notice with me the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 27 and verse 28. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For well, she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Based on what I just read to you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. Remaining focus in our faith. Remaining focus in our faith. Let's Let's go into the word of God. We're living in it time where it's known as the information age information is considered a facts provided or learned about something or someone the information age uh in one sense is known as the computer age the digital age or the new media age it's a historical period uh, that began in the 20th century it's a shift from traditional industry Established by the Industrial Revolution, which consists of things such as newspapers and so forth. But now we're living in an economy uh, that is that you can make money off of information. We're living in a time where information is a commodity. It's a commodity. and commodity means it's useful and it's valuable. It's quickly and widely disseminated and easily available through the use of computer technology. In fact, you can pick up your phone and Google something and find out a whole lot of information about something or someone. As humans, we have the loss we have access to a lot of information quickly. We have things that we use for information such as radio, television, social media platforms, printed materials and such as books. Magazines, newspapers, and then we go to a more traditional things where we use search engines. I was thinking about this when I meditated upon it. So it used to be a time where newspapers used to be everything. But now most people don't even hardly use a newspaper because of, uh, they've already learned what the newspaper has printed. And they've gone on to something else. We use things like, uh, Google. Google Attorney. Personal director Google, Google Air Flights, and other aspects such as that. We're living in an age where information is valuable and useful and can be accessed quickly to make a variety of decisions. Nonetheless, we have access to so much information, we need to gain knowledge and understanding how to process that information. Because information is powerful, and it can cause our faith in the one true God to either increase or or decrease. When I say it's powerful, it has the ability to control or influence people that have a strong effect on someone or something. Luke 4 and 18 reminds us of the influence of the, that the gospel of Jesus Christ can have when the spirit of the Lord is upon them and the anointing is at work. When we talk about the anointing, we're talking about being furnished uh, with the necessary power to administer his word. I'm talking about the work of the Lord, to consecrate for ministry our word. It is the anointing of God. It gives us the ability to get God's work done. It's the ability to get God's work done. Let's go to Luke 4 and 18. Book of Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So notice this, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach. Basic uh, definition of preach is to instruct. To instruct men and women concerning the things that pertain to Christian salvation is to preach or proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. It is, notice this, he called them to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty of captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. We can see how powerful the information of the good news is of the gospel of Jesus Christ because of the because of the change, changing effect it has on these group of people that's mentioned in this particular text. One, preach to the poor, those who are destitute of wealth and influence, powerless to accomplish and end are the needy. Number two, to heal the brokenhearted, those who are broken or crushed mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually, financially, or physically. To proclaim liberty to the captives, those who are prisoners of war, a prison that's mentally and emotionally held captive. Captured to traditions and man's opinions and recovery of sight to the blind, mentally blind, spiritually blind, inability to see truth as it relates to Jesus Christ. And set at liberty the oppressed, those that are bruised, oppressed and shattered. What's the good news when somebody poor hit That God has made me rich when it comes to the things of God. What's the broken hearted? God will heal your broken heart. Those that are captive, God will set captives free. Those that are blind, they can see now. And those who are oppressed, they're no longer oppressed or depressed by their life or by the enemy. And if you like me, you're grateful for the good news of the gospel because you you've been in one one or more of these groups in your lifetime, and you continue to deal with these things. But you know God has given us a word that makes us free. If you like me, you, the more you hear and gain knowledge and understanding about Jesus, the more the greater the impact the gospel has on you, your family, and those that you witness to in such life. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the deliverer, the protector, the, our prosperity, our savior of the world, our healer, our king of kings, our lord of lords, our alpha and the omega. How many times has God used a message from an anointed vessel to give us news that changed our life for the better? Even though you still had to deal with the problem, how many times has God given us hope through the message? And the message changed the way that we think, the way that we talk, and the way that we act. Now, in today's text, is an example of the power of information, especially uh, the right information during challenging times. Of course, we say challenging times, something that requires thought and skill to resolve. This particular encounter given to us by Mark gives us an example of how the right information can open the door for opportunities to change our lives and the lives of others for the better. Notice this, Jesus, I want to tell you before we get into the message what had happened before then. Jesus had had a powerful encounter with a man who had been sleeping in tombs and had an unclean spirit. And by the time Jesus finished medicine to him, he was cleaned up and giving his testimony to that region. And, and then something happened. Messed around and talked to some swine, got, those swines got a hold of them demons. Demons ran, and the swines ran up to the, uh, over the cliff and I believe they lost their life. And long story short, the people told Jesus, get out of town. Something about them swine or them pigs. He told them to leave because they could no longer have what they wanted. Instead of bringing all the people that needed to be delivered to Jesus, they told Jesus to leave. And so then now we pick it up here in Mark 5 and 21. Mark 5 and 21 says this And when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. So now Jesus has left that particular region, came, took a boat, came back over to the other side. And now the people are gathered around him. One thing I'm tell you right now: if some people don't want Jesus, there's some people who value His presence in their life. They know He has the power to make things better. Let me tell you something: you ain't got the bad people uh, to take Jesus, because if they really want to be changed, if they really want to be healed, they really, really want to be delivered. They will value the presence of Jesus in their life. Oh, sometimes you can't, you ain't got to beg people, do they want Jesus? You just have to understand that Jesus, amen, he's got the answer. If you don't want the answer, I know somebody else who wants the answer for my king. I know you don't mind having Jesus in your home, in your workplace, in your riding up and down the road. How many don't mind having Jesus with them, 24 hours a day and seven days a week? You don't mind. Listen, they go. Listen, people may get mad and do something else, but you want Jesus. Somebody says, I want Jesus. Oh, yeah, I want Jesus And that. You may reject him, but I want Jesus. You may get upset and say, you know what? I'm offended by Jesus, but I want his word. I want his promises. I want everything that God has for me because all the promises of God and him. Or yes and amen. Mark five twenty two. Now Jesus came back from the other side and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And then verse twenty three, and knows what Jairus wanted, and bade him earnestly saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. I want you to know something about this. Jairus had a certain way he wanted Jesus to interact with him. He said, Jesus, I want you. Notice what Jairus said. I want you to come to my house and lay hands on my daughter and she will be made well. Notice where his faith was. His faith was in the fact that he wanted Jesus to come to his house and to lay hands on her and he would be made well. Now, why is that important, Pastor Dawes? Because where you are in your faith is how Jesus responds to you. Where you are in your faith is how Jesus responds to you. Now, I was going to say this for next week, but I'm going to give this to you today. There was a man who said, who had, who a centurion soldier who said, "Jesus, you ain't got to come to my house. Just speak the word only, and my servant will be made whole." Notice what his faith was as it composed to Jairus. This man said, "You ain't got to come to my house. You ain't got to listen. You ain't got to go through the crowd. You ain't got to go through a, a, a bunch of people. You ain't got to explain yourself to folks. All you got to do is speak the word only." and my servant will be made whole. Can you see the difference in Jairus and the man, the centurion soldier? See, it's where your faith is, it's where God will deal with you. See, some people say, you ain't got to come to my house, Pastor Dodd. I just want you to pray, and and I'll be healed. You ain't got to do this, uh, senior minister. All you got to do is just tell me what to do, and I'll do it, and God will bless me. There's some people that say, you got to come to my house. You got to do this, that, and the other. Whatever it is, wherever your faith is, that's what God would do with you. We need to understand where our faith is. But this man, his faith was come and lay your hands on her, and she will live. Verse 24, Mark 5, 24. So notice this. Jesus didn't get upset. He didn't say you should have more faith than that. He said, and Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thrown him. But that's a bunch of folks. He just got off the boat. The man, Jairus, came to him and said, Listen, I need you to come to my house. So Jesus said, You know what? I'm coming to your house. At least he told. Well, let me say what's kind of funny about this. When you read this text, Jesus didn't say a word, he just started going to the house. Now, that's important because if Jesus said, I'm coming to your house, nothing could have stopped him from coming to the house. He had to go straight to the house. But Jesus knew he had something else going on in the midst of all of this. You gotta say something. Sometime when Jesus don't say something, you ought to know Jesus up to something. (laughs) Boy, that'll preach right there. I'll get out of that. But anyway, so they on the way. They on the way. They on the way. And on the way, Jairus think, hey man, She's going to come and lay hands on my daughter, and she's going to be healed. Because think about it. She is at the point of death. This is nothing. Listen, this is nothing to play with. This is real. Because his daughter, in fact, we'll find out later on, she's 12 years old, getting ready to die. And if Jesus don't come, think about it. She's at the point of death. He had to come quickly. He couldn't have nobody stopping along the way. He had to come quickly because she's at the point of death. And on the way, I'm thinking in my mind, she, uh, Jared's thinking, my daughter going to be healed. My daughter going to be healed. On the way over to the house. I know we got to go through this crowd because there's a bunch of people. But my daughter going to be healed. She's going to be made well. Oh, my daughter, my 12-year-old baby. It's going to be made well. Can you imagine as a parent, mother probably laying, I thinking in my mind, mother is laying beside the daughter, comforting her, wishing I could do something more. And, and now, Jairus has found the man who could heal his daughter and all of a sudden on the way, ran into a woman with an issue of blood. Can you imagine I, I, I say this for Lev. I'm gonna give, give, give you just a little bit. Can you imagine Jairus's mindset when he sees oh, Jesus stopping and having a conversation while his daughter is about—excuse me—at the point of death? Woo-wee. Let's let's deal with a little more. Let's deal with a little more. In my opinion, based on what Jairus knew about Jesus, he wanted to get his attention so he could heal his daughter. Jairus chose to believe that Jesus could heal his daughter. He believed that Jairus could heal his daughter. So Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house and something happened along the way. In my opinion, we're seeing the work in the two kinds of faith. I believe the one would issue a blood as well as heirs had heard about Jesus. And they believed he could and would do a miracle on their behalf. They made a choice to believe as well as a decision to believe God. That's why we have to make a daily decision to hear the word and believe the word and to put that word into action. Listen, we may not be, I may not be on your level of faith, but I still got to hear the word and put that word into action. If God said he gonna give me my heart, desire, I got to hear that word and put that word into action. If I believe that God said that he going to give me Load me up daily with benefits. I got to hear the word and believe that word and put that word into action. If God said he a healer, I believe that God is a healer. I got to hear that word and put that word into action. I believe God is a healer. How many believe God is a healer? Oh, you think God stopped healing because um, he went back on the cross of Calvary and died and rose again three days later? He's still healing today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Good God Almighty. He is a healer. He is a healer. Jesus decided to work with both individuals right where they were. We need to know that Jesus will work with us right where we are. But notice this, not to leave you in the same position of your faith, but so your faith will increase, it will grow, and it will mature. God will not leave you in the same position that you are with your faith, no matter how how horrendous the tragedy will be. He's not going to leave you in the same place. Well, Pastor, I'm going through a rough, rough trial. It's there to increase your faith. I'm going through something I wish I wasn't going through. It's there to increase our faith. Well, Pastor, I don't believe it's fair that I have to deal with what I'm dealing with right now. It's there to increase your faith. It's there to increase your faith. That's why we have scriptures like, let's go to Romans 10 and 17. Romans 10 and 17. See, Jesus decided to work with both people right where they were. Right where they were. He taught them a lesson even in the midst of what he was doing. That's why Romans 10 and 17 reads as follows. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It would seem Jairus had heard enough about Jesus, believed that his daughter would be made well. But not only did Jairus hear about Jesus being a healer. The woman with the issue of blood also heard that he was a healer. The woman with the issue of blood, she may not have heard the same message, but the testimony was the same. This is why it's important that when we give our testimony to others, that we're speaking what the word says. Or we can't say that God only heals certain people. God is a healer. God is a deliverer. God brings protection. Our witness should be based on scripture. We can't give people our opinion about what we think. Let me say something to you. One thing I've learned over the years, if it don't work for you, don't mean it don't work. Let me say that again because I need to sink into somebody somebody. Well, you know what? Giving it work for me, well, it's working for everybody else. Don't say that giving don't work. It's just you ain't seen the, the greater manifestation. It's really working on you, but you just ain't seen the greater manifestation yet. Keep on giving, baby, because sooner or later, you're going to see God throw open the windows of heaven and pull you out of blessing. You ain't got room enough to receive. Keep on believing God. Somebody say, keep on believing God. Yes. So now let's go back to Mark 527. Mark 527. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. When she heard, when she considered what was said, when she understood, when she perceived and she comprehended that Jesus was a healer. Oh, that's what Mark gives us an account of a certain woman. and It was interesting. We do not even know her name. We know Jairus's name. But we don't know her name. We just know she's the one with the issue of blood who also had heard about Jesus, how we can heal any type of disease as evidenced by her actions in the text. We have learned and if you, excuse me, we have learned that if you believe God is a healer, you will put that word into action. Go to James 2 and 26. The book of James chapter 2 and verse 26. The Bible reads as follows. For as the Body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith, our trust, our confidence, our belief, our assurance in Jesus without works, a corresponding action is dead. It is also non-responsive. Also, the woman had an issue of blood for twelve years. This is just a side note I threw in there. If you look at Mark five and twenty-five and forty-two, Mark five forty-two, this. His Jairus' daughter was the same age as the number of years that she had been dealing with this issue. It's something to think about. As long as that woman had been dealing with the issue of blood, is as old as Jairus' daughter, both at 12 years. Not only that, she has suffered many things from many positions. She also spent all that she had and was no better, but actually grew worse. My God, Mark Mark 5, 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, verse 26, and had suffered many things for many positions. Suffered. She was put in a bad plight. And the Bible says she suffered sadly. But when you suffer, it's sad when you do suffer sadly, I guess you would say. But you want, if you want to suffer, you need to suffer in joy. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather she grew worse. She went from one state to another state and her state was worse. Let me say this to you. Nothing wrong with doctors. Most doctors are good, but doctors are limited. They have limited knowledge. They got limited strength, but for the most part, they do an outstanding job with people. One of the things I I try to do is pray for doctors and so forth because I know they got to deal with people. Thank you all for the five amens right there. Boy, you you (laughs) got to deal with people. You know, and doctors are limited, they only know so much. Listen, some of you you remember from Wednesday, I asked you to pray for a certain person. With that certain person, uh, I called them Thursday. And remember, they had fallen. And, and, the, and the doctor that this individual had went to had said that you needed surgery on Thursday, and she said, "You know what? I, I said, "You know what? go ahead and do the surgery." But guess what happened on Thursday. They went and they had the operating room already fixed up. They had everything ready for. But when they d- took another X-ray, they couldn't even find what they had saw two days before. Are you seeing what God is doing? See, they are only limited. God is a healer. God is still healing in 2020, just like he healed in the day of J. Aristotle and the day with the issue of blood. And guess what? He'll do the same thing for you. God will heal you of anything you're dealing with right now. Just ask God to heal your body, to deliver you, to bring you out. Thank you, Lord. Sweet. One thing I believe... That we need to understand that God takes into account our journey of faith. His journey, as we allow the initial God to teach us, will bring about a certain maturity that will come by putting the word into action. The woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had went to many positions and she grew worse instead of getting better. But she heard about Jesus. She heard about our king. She believed what she heard. She chose to believe. But notice her response. She said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Notice her faith. Jairus said, if you just come to my house and lay hands on me, I'll be made well. She said, you know what? I'm not even asking anybody. I'm not even asking nobody to lay hands on me. I'm not asking anybody for permission. If I just mess around and get through this crowd and get through all these people and mess around and grab a whole a part of his clothes, I'm gonna be made well. She chose to believe that. She chose to believe that. She said, If I if I do that, I'll be made well, restored to health. And I like this definition. Saved. From suffering. Because many times when people are going through dealing with infirmities for a long period of time, they have suffered. They have suffered. They can't even put into words all the suffering they have been through. This is the number of times they had to take medicine. The number of times they took medicine, it worked sometimes and sometimes it don't. The number of times they listen thought they going to sleep, but wake up two hours later and stay up all night long. The number of times they went to doctor after doctor, and the doctor said, oh yeah, this will work, and you're still worse off than what you were the first time. Listen, I have nothing against doctors, but doctors are not God. They are not our master. They don't know everything. They are just limited. That's why when I go in for a doctor, I pray before I go see the doctor. Make sure they give me the right information. Make sure they don't prescribe me nothing I don't need, God. Make sure, amen, they, they are, got their mind focused in on me and not thinking about something else. Ain't mad with their family. Ain't mad with cousins. Ain't mad with so-and-so because that can affect their thinking. Oh, y'all, they're human beings, y'all. They're humans. They're humans. But notice this, though. She received what she believed. As soon as she touched Jesus' clothes, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt that she was healed of her affliction, of her calamity, of her misfortune, of her punishment. Interesting word they use is punishment. She had felt that it was a punishment for what she was going to, but she was focused on what she believed. She did not let the laws of the Old Testament stop her. The fact that physicians couldn't heal her. She did not let the crowd stop her. She stayed focused on what she believed. Focused directing a great deal of attention or activity toward a particular aim. Her mind was fixed on something. She had adjusted her vision to render a clearer image of a goal or a vision. Can imagine, she said, "You know what? I got to get to Jesus. I got to get to Jesus. I can't let this crowd stop me. I can't let what all these doctors have told me. I can't let the fact I don't have any money stop me. I got to get to Jesus. I'm not listen. I'm not letting the fact I can't even leave an offering because I have nothing. I can't let that stop me from getting to Jesus. See, some people don't come because they ain't got nothing. Let me say this: you always coming to the house of God, no matter your financial status in life." always come to to the house of god she was focused mark 5 29 immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction she chose to believe that if she touched jesus garment she would be healed she could have chosen a different pathway she could have chosen a different way of receiving her healing See, she had to select freely after consideration. She had to make a selection on how she wanted to be healed. But the way that she chose worked for her. It worked for her. This is what you need to know. If it worked for you, it worked for you. I ain't mad with the woman. You know what? She could have did a lot of different things, but it worked for her. Because you know what? She was healed. Twelve years of dealing with this, she was healed. Woo! Good God almighty. Woo! She was healed. 12. Can you imagine? I I when I have a headache, and a few hours later, if I wake up and I ain't got a headache no more, whoo, I'm so happy. Twelve years of dealing with this ram. I don't know of all the complications the Bible doesn't tell us that she dealt with, but for 12 years she had dealt with this. And now she felt whoo. All that pressure, all that pain, all the, everything that she was going through just went out of her body. I'm not, whoo, No aspirin, no, no Tylenol, no, no, you know what you take. <laughs> but what she took, it worked for her. She took faith. Didn't she? Hallelujah. She took faith. She would, now, she could have chose a different pathway. Imagine you said, you know what, if Jesus don't lay his hands on me, I ain't going to be healed. If Jesus don't speak to me, I'm not going to be healed. She didn't even ask his permission to be healed. Can you see that? I mean, she didn't want to say, I'm going to touch your garment. If I touch your garment, I'm going to be made well. That's what she did, and it worked, too. Somebody say it worked. <laughs> now, I mentioned earlier, but i give you the scripture reference for the centurion soldier, Mark chapter 8, verse 5 through 10. Mark chapter eight verse five to verse ten. That's when the centurion soldier said, Gee, you ain't got to come to my house to speak the word. Only. And you know what Jesus said about that soldier? I have not seen such great faith, such great faith, not even in Israel. Ooh, that's it. that's powerful right there. But that's the scripture for that." Now, Mark 530, Mark 530. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Hold on now. Aren't you going over to Jairus' house because his daughter was at the point of death? Why we got to stop and ask, Who touched my clothes? The disciples were saying, hey, man, all these folks bumping up against you. You mean who touched your clothes? But this touch was different. See, when your faith is where it needs to be, you touch God differently. You touch, See, some people don't even... And what's interesting about it, nobody even knew what had happened except the woman and Jesus. Jesus. Because when he asked the question, he wasn't asking because he was trying to learn something. He was asking because he wanted to teach something. You think Jesus didn't know who touched him? Please. Please. Don't you ever get under the the assumption, Jesus, who touched me? Man, Jesus knew exactly who touched him. But he was trying to teach, watch this chair or something. He was trying to teach his disciples something. He was trying to teach his the people that were around him something. He was trying to teach us something. He was teaching us something. He was teaching us something. Her, see, He said, and Jesus immediately knowing himself, that power, power had gone out of him. Not only that, but strength went out of him. Ability went out of him. Miracle working ability went out of him. It went out of him. Oh, it went out of him for real, too. I mean, this was nothing that, that Jesus, listen, this touched Jesus in such a way he knew somebody had touched him. in that with faith, I should say, that touched him with faith. Her faith was so strong that she touched Jesus' clothes. A miracle took place in her body. She didn't ask Jesus to heal her directly, or even go through formality. She chose to believe God and the Lord on her faith. You would think that would be enough, but Jesus has stopped going to Jairus' house and started a conversation about who touched him. Jesus, don't you remember that? Je- Jesus, don't you remember that Jairus' daughter is at the point of death? Don't you remember that, Jesus? Don't you know if you don't get there pretty soon, that one, that the, that 12-year-old girl gonna die? Don't you know that, Jesus? Don't you, Jesus, haven't you forgot, this my baby, 12 years old. Not, she ain't even lived her best life yet. She ain't even gotten to a certain point yet. See, and then, I'm going to read Mark 5, 32. And he looked around to see who had done this thing. 33. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, said, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith have made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Y'all know most of us learn that Jesus does not do things without a motive or a lesson. He wants to teach, especially at the time when a man's daughter's life is at stake. We know, or we should know, or we know that Jesus knew who touched him. So what lesson was he trying to impart? One would almost get the impression that Jesus was insensitive concerning the man's dilemma. But Jesus is actually asking the question, why Jairus is listening? in my opinion, to increase Jairus' faith for what was about to take place in his daughter's life. See, the only ones who knew that Jesus had been healed is the woman who used to have an issue of blood in Jesus. And Jesus stops and asks, who touched me? Who clung to me? Who fastened himself to me to a point that virtue, as one scripture said, power is what the New King James Version says. And he said to her, daughter! or 534. And be healed of your affliction. Watch this. Now, you got to come back next week to get the rest of this, okay? I can't give you all this week. Amen. Because we got to deal with Jairus' situation. Y'all see Jairus now? His daughter, 12 years old. In just a moment, they're finna come tell her, tell Jairus that his daughter is dead. Oh, is she dead? Mm. We see that Jesus has stopped and now he's having a conversation with the woman who had, notice I said had, the issue of blood. Are y'all seeing that so far? Now notice the first thing he calls her. He said, daughter. Ooh-wee. Daughter. Daughter. Notice this. No longer. Do we listen? It don't even matter what the name is, but when she became daughter, it became personal. Interesting, it was Jairus's daughter that was sick to the point of death, and he calls this woman who we don't even call, we still don't know her name. He says, "Daughter, daughter, daughter." Ooh, I said daughter. I don't even know her name, but now she has went from a place of, of, excuse me, she has came into relationship with the Father. She's got a relationship with Jesus. And he calls her daughter. Your faith has made you well. Watch this. Go in peace. Peace defined as tranquility, harmony, prosperity, safety, and security. Let me read those definitions to you again. He said, go in peace, tranquility, harmony, prosperity, safety and security and be healed, sound, restored to health, truth that makes one free of your affliction. He said, be well. This was not just an ordinary sin. No, this was not just an ordinary thing that Jesus spoke over her life. The Lord told her that she was healed of her afflictions, but he also started her on her way to her restoration her restoration means she restoration repaired she going to be repaired after after this conversation she going to be fixed up she going to be mended she going to be reestablished after this conversation see when Jesus says this to her in my opinion I don't think that this woman had no idea what was about to take place in her life but Jesus knew that's why I believe he had to stop he had to stop right there and to speak life into this woman's situation. Because not only, see, you need to understand something. God is dealing with us body, soul, and spirit. He wants to make sure not only are you healed in your body, but he wants to make sure your mind is healed. He wants to make sure that your, listen, your will is being done. He wants to make sure that you are well. So he says he can restore. I've used the word restore when Jesus told to go in peace. Restore means to repair, to fix, to mend, to reestablish. Four takeaways. Four takeaways to encourage our faith. One, the Lord did not forget her journey. He did not forget her journey. And let me say this to you. He knew that that woman had been dealing with 12 years. That's why Mark brings it up. He brings it up to, to let us know what she had been dealing with. Twelve years, had spent all that she had, had went through, in my opinion, emotional things while she dealt with this. So the Lord does not forget our journey. Number two, we know this one pretty, uh, course, we talked about it, the Lord restored her body to good health. He restored her body. We see that because the Bible talks about that. But the other thing that I believe that the Lord gave her that is not, is implied but not mentioned is the Lord healed her mind from those 12 years of infirmity. He healed her mind of those 12 years of infirmity. See, I believe he healed her of disappointments. He healed her of frustrations. He healed her of wanting to quit. He healed her of accepting the way things were. He healed the possibility of oppression and depression. And whatever mental anger she went through, he healed her of it. I thank you all for that. See, when you're dealing with an affirmative for 12 years, you could possibly have to deal with disappointment. Taking something, disappointment. Go see a specialist, but disappointed. Take a certain pill or shot. Ain't disappointed with the outcome. Disappointment, frustrations. You are gonna see doctor after doctor, and you will get frustrated. Especially sometimes as long as you gotta wait in a waiting room, and then when you get back there, they see you for five minutes. Oh, good God! Oh my! Y'all might not get frustrated stuff like that, but that didn't me, frustrated. You stay in a waiting room for two hours and see a doctor for ten minutes. And what they give you, you're like, man, they ain't told me nothing. And then they say, come back in. Like, Well, all right, let me just get out of that. <laughs> Can you imagine? I could, This is me now. This is my opinion, what I see. She probably wanted to quit. I'm tired of believing God. I'm just going to live like this the rest of my life. Can you imagine? Twelve years. This ain't no short time, 12 years. I imagine she wanted not just quit and say, you know what? I'm going to live like this the rest of my life. But God said, no, you're not going to live like this the rest of your life. Isn't it good to know God knows all things? Praise God. So sometimes people accept the things, the way things were. She may have dealt with possibly oppression or depression, maybe in thoughts of suicide. Whatever mental anguish she went through, I believe the Lord healed her of that mental situation. And number four, the Lord Lord calls her to be on the pathway to receive what she had lost with those physicians going from doctor to doctor. Mark does not just mention the fact that she has spent all that she had on physicians. I believe God was letting us know because part of the definition of peace is prosperity. And so 12 years, she spent all that she had. But now God was saying, you know what? I'm going to give you back what you have been, what you have put into those physicians. See, I don't believe, see, Mark, don't see, it wouldn't be necessary to mention that if God wasn't going to do it. (laughs) Are y'all seeing that? So you know, at least I believe that God gave her back those 12 years. Of everything she put in there. Cause see, when God, not only is God gonna heal her physically, but He had to heal her pocketbook too. He had to heal her mind too. He had to heal her because she's not just made up of her body. She had lost everything she had. She gotta get back on her feet. She, she well now. She can't get, uh, people feeling sorry for her because everybody gonna see her walking around. Hey, she, she ain't gonna do that no more. And you know how people are? When they see you not dealing with something, they ain't gonna help you as much as they used to. Thank y'all for the five kids. Keep on, keep on living long enough. They ain't to help you. Oh, you will. Cause you know how, you know how some of us are. You can get a job yourself now. <laughs> Woo! I'm just telling you man, that's how people look at us. You got healed. You don't need my help no more. You can go out and get your own. And so now, I believe he's given her rest or he put her on the pathway to receiving but she excuse me, being being prosperity, I should say. Four things. The Lord. The Lord did not forget her journey. The Lord restored her body to good health. The Lord healed her mind from those twelve years of of infirmity. And the Lord calls her on the pathway to see what she had lost with the physician going from doctor to doctor. All of this because she chose to believe that God will heal her body if she touched his garment. And she stayed focused. She stayed focused. She stayed focused. She didn't let the crowd, she didn't let people, she didn't let the laws, she did not let other things stop her from touching Jesus' garment. What can God do for us if we remain focused? What can God do for us if we don't let distractions, a pandemic, and everything else try to stop us from what God wants to do in our lives? What can God do for us if we keep our minds on Jesus' The, uh, keep our hearts and our minds on Jesus what can God do for us if we don't allow the world to distract us and we stay focused in on what God is doing in our lives what can God do for you if you stay focused in on Jesus now you will to come back next week for us to deal with the rest of Harris's daughter because <laughs> remember now hey he was on his way He hasn't gotten there yet. We're going to deal with that next week, all right? Remain in focus in our faith. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.